Hello and welcome to the Forest of the Fae. Here on Pop Culture Fae, we take a look at movies, TV, comics, and other popular media through the lens of the queer folks of society. I am Miller C. Lashbrook and I am your host on your journey through the Forest of the Fae. This week on Pop Culture Fae, we are talking about how to get into comics. I will share my comics story, how I personally got into reading comic books, and some of my favorite storylines to check out. And then I will talk with Matt Remke of the Direct Podcast about his story getting into comics as an adult. Hope you enjoy. Alrighty, it is time for Faye News. This is a segment on Pop Culture Faye where I cover all of the big entertainment news that caught my eye in the past week. So for our Faye News this week, let's start with Marvel. In MCU news, the Russo brothers will not be directing either Avengers Kang Dynasty or Avengers Secret Wars. Uh, the day after we found this out from Kevin Feige, we did find out that Director of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Destin Daniel Cretton, is set to direct Avengers Kang Dynasty. Also in MCU news, there is a rumor that John Bernthal could be returning as the Punisher in Daredevil Born Again. In DC news, Harley Quinn Season 3 premiered with three episodes on HBO Max this week. DC Super Pets hit theaters on Friday, and it got an A-minus cinema score from audiences. And the major DC news this week, Ben Affleck is set to return as Batman in Aquaman 2, though some are reporting this is merely due to The Flash uh, getting pushed back, that they had to replace Michael Keaton in these scenes with Ben Affleck in order for the continuity to make sense. In uh, movie news, Oppenheimer released its trailer to the public. It had previously played in front of Nope in theaters. Also in movie news, MGM loses the rights to make Tomb Raider movies. In streaming news, Interview with a Vampire releases its first trailer, and it's the upcoming series on AMC. Uh, We learned that Aragon, the book series, is in the works to become a streaming series at Disney+. The Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio uh, Claymation movie released its first trailer that will be premiering on Netflix later this year. And Netflix's Blonde movie, uh, the fictional depiction of Marilyn Monroe's life, got its first trailer as well. In some gaming news... It is rumored that the upcoming Hogwarts Legacy game will be released on December 6th. That has not been confirmed. And we also got a trailer for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Wave 2. Uh, That's a DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That was all the Fey news for this week. And I hope there's something that you got excited about in there.
Okay, so for my topic for this week, uh, in a little bit, you're going to hear me talking with Matt Remke of the Direct Podcast about getting into comics as an adult. Uh, I think we are kind of entering the the uh, generation, the generation that I'm in, at least. Um, we grew up kind of after the major boom of comics in the 70s and 80s, but a little bit before um, the boom of comics that we're seeing because of comic book movies now. Uh, so I was kind of in this in-between generation where comics were not a huge thing while I was growing up, but as I got a little bit older and went into college, they started to boom once again. So I thought before um, I go ahead and interview Matt Remke from the Direct Podcast, I would just kind of share my story of how I came to read comics. So uh, I grew up um, uh, in Florida, a little different places in Florida, um, a lot of places in South Florida, but in Central Florida as well. And I think there were probably comic book stores near where we lived in, at times, but they weren't like right there um, near where we lived. So the w there were times when I was little where I definitely wanted to pick up a comic and I would be like, hey, let's go find a comic book store somewhere because I'd heard about them. But uh, my parents didn't know where one was or they didn't want to take me to one. <laughs> so my first kind of exposure to comics was through, um, actually, of all things, the Marvel encyclopedias. I remember when I was in fifth grade at our book fair at school, uh, they had these small kind of corner of the Marvel Universe specific Marvel encyclopedias and one in particular they had at one book fair was the Spider-Man one. It's probably about a hundred pages paperback um, little Marvel encyclopedia that covered Spider-Man, his allies, and his rogues gallery. And that was the, the one book I wanted from the book fair that, that year. And so I was able to get that and I flipped through that so many times. I read all the different entries because I loved Spider-Man. I grew up on Spider-Man the Animated Series and X-Men the Animated Series. Those were, those and um, Power Rangers were kind of my ins into superheroes and pop culture. So I was like, oh, these are all their stories in the comics. That's really cool. And so uh, little time goes on and I found out that at the bookstore, they had the complete Marvel encyclopedia. And I was like, okay, well, I, I would like this. So I saved up some money and asked to get it. And I got the complete Marvel encyclopedia, which I still have. And I remember spending so many nights just flipping through there and reading the different entries about all the different characters. When I was in high school, I got a public library card and I found out that the public library had trade paperbacks that we that you could check out and read. And that was really the first time that I started to really read comics in in bulk. 
Now, my public library had a lot of different comics, mostly um, Marvel comics, though. And so I started with, I remember I checked out, actually, um, a trade that was in the middle of Grant Morrison's X-Men run. (laughs) And... I remember starting it and being like, I have no idea what's going on because it was it was not the beginning of a story. And I just remember that kind of fear of like being overwhelmed of not knowing what this what's going on in this story. So I remember I brought that back to the to the store. And the next one I picked up was um, I believe the Young Avengers and Runaways crossover uh, tie-in for Civil War. And this was because I had read Wiccan and Hulkling's entries in my Marvel Encyclopedia. I knew that they were um, queer characters. And I was like, oh, I could kind of actually read about them now. So I read that crossover. I enjoyed the characters. My public library... uh, at the time did not have uh, any of the Young Avengers stuff, but they had Runaways, uh, Brian K. Vaughn's run on Runaways. So I grabbed that and I started to read through that. Um, and I pretty much read through all of volume one of Runaways. And then I got a car. And once I got a car, I found out there was a comic book store about half an hour away from our house. So I'd drive uh, out there with my little sibling and grab some comics. This was now late 2013, 2014. And I remember the Infinity event was going on around this time because I remember seeing lots of posters for that, lots of books related to that event in the Marvel comics. But really, um, my deep dive into comics started when I went off to college and I had a little bit more disposable, not a lot of disposable income, but a little bit more. And there was a comic book store right near where I was working at the time, my freshman year of college. And so I would go to the comic book store after work, see what comics I wanted to pick up. I would check out the dollar bins that they had in the back and start collecting runs that I had kind of missed out on. So um, I started reading a lot of X-Men at this time. This is when volume two of Young Avengers had recently wrapped up. So I was trying to get all of those and collect those. And that was kind of my um, dive into reading comics. And then when I was, I think about a senior in college, I discovered Marvel Unlimited and that kind of was like a rocket taking off in terms of how much comics I was reading. So that's kind of my journey into comics. Kind of started my interest as I was younger, but it really didn't take off till I was an adult and kind of had my own money and everything. So in terms of how to read comics... You've got really kind of your four main options. You can either get single issues from your local comic book store, and you could those could be back issues, so some older comics, or these could be uh, brand new comics coming out. Usually, if you've never been into a comic book store before, when you go in, 
the wall's going to be lined with all the newer issues. And then they'll have some um, boxes called long boxes, uh, usually that have back issues. Back issues is what you would call older issues that are not the most recent issues. And that back issues could be going all the way back into the 60s or 70s, or they could be stuff from the past decade or even uh, about six months ago. It just depends. Um, so definitely I, comic book stores, I want to recommend people support them. So that would kind of be my first thing to say. Um, but I do know that going into a comic book store for anyone who's never read comics before can be very intimidating. Um, so if you're afraid of that, talk to the owners. The, the owners are usually really nice. They know a lot about comics and they usually know the best in points for new readers and they'll be able to recommend you um, a particular place to get started. If you don't want to go the single issue route um, because it can get expensive buying a lot of single issues, your other another option for physical comics is to do trade paperbacks. Now you can um, get these from the public library sometimes like I did or you can also um, go to your um, local bookstore, either a third-party bookstore or a big chain bookstore, and usually they'll have trade paperbacks there. The idea of trade paperbacks is essentially ever, every five or six issues of a comic, they will collect them into a bound book so that you can get them all together. Usually they do it by story arc. So in one trade paperback, they'll have one kind of little story arc um, within the over the overall narrative happening in that comic book. Um, you can also, at a lot of comic book stores, buy trade paperbacks there. So if you still want to support your local comic book store, but you're not ready for single issues, they will probably have some trade paperbacks that you can buy from them. And uh, that kind of helps both ways. Now, if you are a minimalist or you don't quite want to go the physical route or you're not quite ready to step into a comic book store to buy comics, digital comics are a great option. If you want to purchase issues or, um, or collections individually for yourself, then Comixology is a great option. Comixology is um, an Amazon-owned company, so keep that in mind. But basically with Comixology, you have your own digital comics library. You can buy your individual issues or your digital trade paperbacks. And uh, you have that in your library, and you can read those um, in the Comixology uh, app. It might be, or it might be through the Kindle app, uh, if I'm not mistaken since it is run by Amazon. And then the final option is comic streaming services. So both Marvel and DC have their own streaming services for comics. And this is exactly kind of what it sounds like. You pay a monthly subscription and then you can read through their giant library of comics. Um, DC Infinite is the DC version and Marvel Unlimited is the Marvel version. I do not use DC Infinite, but I do use Marvel Unlimited, and um, it is amazing. I mean, 
I pay, I believe it's $9 a month, maybe. And with that, I get access to almost every single Marvel comic that has been released going back into like the 60s all the way up to three months ago. And every Monday, they drop the comics that were released three months ago in comic book stores. So it's a great deal. Uh, if you're somebody who really likes going back and reading things that you missed or reading entire runs, this is a great option that it keeps your wallet happy as well. So those are kind of the best options for how to read comics. Some specific stories or runs that I want to recommend. Um, Scarlet Witch by James Robinson. Um, if you like more of that fantasy witchy vibe of Marvel is a great miniseries that kind of dives into Wanda as a character. Uh, a classic that uh, I feel like every comic book reader needs to read at some point is the Dark Phoenix Saga of Uncanny X-Men by Chris Claremont. The, um, some comics that I specifically love Volume 1 and 2 of Young Avengers are both great. Uh, the Runaways by Brian K. Vaughn is fantastic. Ta-Nehisi Coates' run on Black Panther is amazing. Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run and the Secret Wars event, some of the best comics writing in the past century. <laughs> this past century. Decade is what I meant to say. In the past decade. But also, some of the best comics writing of all time, I guess. Um, and then, um, also speaking of Jonathan Hickman, his relaunch of the X-Men a few years ago with House of X and Powers of Ten is amazing as well. So now that I've kind of established a way to get into comics, given you all the technical stuff, here is that interview with Matt Remke from the Direct Podcast as we talk about how to get into comics as an adult. Okay, I want to go ahead and welcome to Pop Culture Faye, uh, a guy that I have been listening to for a year and a half now on the Direct uh, podcast. That is Matt Remke. He's a writer for the Direct and uh, is on the Direct podcast. Great guy, great energy, uh, and loves Marvel. So we're here to talk about comics today. Hello, welcome. Hi, how you doing? Thank you so much for having me here on Pop Culture Fay. Very excited. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to bring you on today because I knew that you you are a superhero fan. You love Marvel. Uh, yeah. When DC's good, you love the DC movies. I do. I do. Uh, and <laughs> you're also someone who came into comics uh, a little bit later on as an adult. So you weren't uh, we're both kind of part of this new generation of comic book fans right. who were not people who could get it on a newsstand at the corner. Uh, we're in kind of this new wave of fans. Tell me about your journey to finding comics. So, you know, comic book stuff, comic book things have been a part of my life since I can remember. Um, I was born in 1994. So those cartoons, Spider-Man and X-Men, Batman Beyond, uh, the Batman animated series, Justice League, 
all those old comic book cartoons, that was a lot of what I had going on along with like Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles, Pokemon. I've always been a big fan of like universe stuff, stuff yep. like where I could collect a trading card or, you know, look <laughs> at the different little stuff, you know, the Pokemon thing. And um, so I've always loved anything regarding that popcorn universes is something i've always been a huge fan of and then obviously you know in the late 90s those x-men movies came out and toby mcguire's spider-man movies came out and those were my religion you know i ran those vhs's for the old x-men movies dvds for the later ones into the ground like i yeah. i you know it's, i feel so old saying it but kids <laughs> don't realize that you used to be able to watch something so much that you break it like you can yes. you can break yeah. a DVD watching it too much. Um, I'm so, uh, 96, so I'm right in that same age yeah. range for that. Uh, so the I I think we went through like two or three DVDs of Spider-Man two growing yeah. up because Every they were they it just got ruined by me watching it so much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and <laughs> and and it and it was for me at least it was so much the cartoons I love brought to life, especially the Sam Raimi thing. So. That was my, you know, my introduction. Superhero stuff has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Um, and when those X-Men movies came out, I remember it was like my, my babysitter's oldest son, um, big comic book nerd. He knew I liked the X-Men. So he threw me a bunch of X-Men comics that he just didn't really, you know, mm. care about much anymore. It was a whole series of Nightcrawler comics. And it was so specific looking back. But at the time, I'm like, oh, that's the blue guy from X2. You know, that's that's that awesome dude from X2. And so I read those to the ground. But those were really like the only 12 comics I ever read when I was. Was a kid, it the, the like a fantasy kind of swashbuckling adventure with him from like the 80s? Right. Is, was that the series? From what I can remember, he had the story. Yeah. For sure. Okay. <laughs> and um, it was the it was the red. I I remember the the run I had. It was like twenty comics and some X Men, mostly Nightcrawler. He had the red suit at the beginning, and then he lost the red suit. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, but <laughs> so you know, and then I never picked up a comic book again. You know, never really yeah. thought about it much. You know, just continued loving X Men, continued loving, uh, you know, the Spider Man stuff that was happening, and then the MCU happened. Obviously, oh, I always. Yes. Tell <laughs> I always tell the story. My mom dropped us off at the movie theater and uh, for Iron Man. And I walked out and I said, who the hell is Robert Downey Jr.? And why is he so funny? Um, and she just laughed. But, you know, the MCU took over everybody's fandom for a while. You know, so many, oh, yeah. so many people are Marvel fans because of the MCU. Over the past, I would say, four or five years, um, my wife took me camping and I never camped growing up. But um, she was like, well, lay on the hammocks, we'll read. I'm like, well, I don't really read. It's not something I do. Um, so I got a comic book that I haven't thought of in so long. And I laid in a hammock in the woods and started reading a comic book. Being an MCU fan for the past however many years of my life, it changed everything. It was, it was a hobby that I forgot existed and realized how much I love. It's just more universe stuff. So um, I'm, I'm definitely in a comic book fan through the MCU. But I feel like watching the MCU and being so invested into the connectivity and the the synergy and just how everything ties together, I think it's enhanced my comic book reading experience because that's what I look for as well. You know, the reading orders yeah. and, you know, how to go through each one. So, yeah, MCU fan, converted comic book fan, loving everything. So are you someone who likes to uh, 
when you see a movie coming out or let's say like daredevil born again was announced at comic-con this past weekend uh are you planning to watch the show and then read the run or are you going to read the run before the show comes out oh yeah got so you, right you've here. already got it <laughs> yep yep uh i've had it's so funny I, I had a friend give it to me uh as a gift on like a vacation thing i'm like oh that's great i've heard that's very good i'm excited to read it never thinking you know when i was gonna read it born again yeah. gets announced um so my whole thing and it's the same thing with movies and tv shows too i haven't i have an itch when i start in the middle of a story or i don't have all the information i need going into a story so yes i'm gonna read born again for sure but i'm gonna look online gonna go to comic book herald and find out like what are some comics i should read before i read born again you know that's what i'm i'm very much into that in comics and it makes it very difficult and long to read everything but um i'm, I'm very much um pro reading the prologue whatever that yep. might be just a handful of runs or important stories or whatever before getting into the meat of it because i just think like the mcu it just enhances the experience so much yeah my, my fiance is somebody who he can do like little chunks like he could he read like grant morrison's x-men run but just that the main mm -hmm. um like x book and nothing else that tied into it and yeah. i can't i just can't do that that's not the way <laughs> my, my brain works <laughs> i i started about two um years ago i started with annihilation because i was like i want to read all the guardian stuff because i love the guardian um movies and i was like i'm going to start with annihilation and work my way through all the cosmic stuff up to today and at the time it, um it was absolute carnage was like the the thing that was out that i wanted to get up to now now like there's all these other stuff that have come out too and slowly as i've been reading through that i've met another character and then been like okay i'm gonna go back and like fill in Read that information yeah. and so i'm still only at like 2016 <laughs> where i'm reading <laughs> because i've just started pulling in all these other characters to read from but for me i love continuity i love lore and i love like knowing it all uh and 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 so it takes me forever to get through everything but that's it's it's fun it's more stuff for me to consume i'm the exact same way and i think i you know when i think about that it draws back to what i was saying about how when you really are integrated into marvel stuff or dc stuff star wars stuff whatever it is through the movies oh, yeah specifically the mcu um you know you get so invested in that continuity and you know uh, diehard mcu fans I, i'm just going to speak as if i'm speaking to just them us whatever <laughs> yeah um, diehard mcu fans they know so much that when you watch every marvel movie endgame is just so much better it's oh, good yeah. when you haven't seen everything because it's a well-made movie but man when you've seen everything it hits yep. so hard and I'm the same way in comics. What's funny about that is, though, I would say if I really had to dial it in and what are my two favorite comics I've read, they are both standalone stories with no prequels, no, you know, follow ups, whatever. It's the Vision series. Um, That's on my list. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Tom one, King. Tom King. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, Tom King was hot when WandaVision was coming out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that series was phenomenal truly phenomenal and it i obviously i enjoyed a lot of the nods to it in wandavision um and then obviously matt fraction's hawkeye i read that on my honeymoon 
And those are both standalone series, my favorite ones I've ever read. So that's a kind of, I only do the continuity thing, but <laughs> my favorites are these epic one-offs that have just really hit. That's why I'm excited for Born Again, for sure. Yeah, the that's one that definitely once that got announced, I was like, okay, this is one that I got to put on the list <laughs> to read. Immediately. Um, immediately. But yeah, I love looking at what's coming out and then finding stuff I haven't read yet that might be influences for it. So when WandaVision was about to come out, I went and read Vision uh, by Tom King, the Scarlet Witch miniseries from around that same time uh, by James Robinson. I read those old Scarlet Witch and Vision mini miniseries from like the 80s. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the and it just made, like you're saying, it makes, it's like having watched all the movies, it makes watch, the watching experience so much cooler too because you can see where they're pulling from and getting right. the influences. I think that idea, that vibe, that concept, I guess you can call it, um, it's the Leonardo DiCaprio gif when he sits up in his chair. And points yes. At the TV. <laughs> I think that's one of the most poignant gifts of all time, at least for me and like my circle. Like being a fan me. of something, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And like being able to do the Leo gif is just how I've kind of coined it. Just like being able to do the Leo gif is such a satisfying feeling. When yes. you When you know <laughs> that was for you. And, and yep. that's, you know, you look back at some of the bad comic book movies, of which there are many, and there's some of my favorite things in the world are bad comic book <laughs> movies. Batman but, and Robin, still to this day, such a great watch because it. of how bad it is. <laughs> I adore it. It's all like that. That's one that like, I, I don't even think it's bad. I remember how yeah. I watched it when I was five. I'm like, oh, this is the greatest cartoon I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> but um you know, when you can do the Leo gif, the bad comic book movies, they do like little cameos and Easter eggs for that, but it's, it takes away from the story. Yeah. And so if you don't understand the Easter egg, that is such just wasted movement on the screen. That's why the good ones integrate it. And that's like, that's where that like satisfied feel. It's very cathartic understanding a reference somebody or something is making in a movie or TV show. Yeah. I think, the, obviously no way home was full of them um, <laughs> but i think my favorite my favorite recent one was of course i mean i'm a huge x-men fan and so uh we went to the theater to see multiverse of madness mm -hmm. uh, my fiance and i and we sat down in the theater they drew in like the whole preview thing beforehand and i turned to him and i say if they play the animated series theme when he enters that's it <laughs> like and yeah. that's what they did and i just remember when they did it i turned to him and look and i'm just like oh my god they did what i said they would do and it was it was just one of those moments where i was like a, a kid again for that second just remember that was a, the animated series absolutely and that was a genuine shock for me i didn't even kind of think about maybe <laughs> doing it you know like i was so i was so far i was so worried about like them referencing something from the X-Men movies, a bad one specifically. Yeah. Um, I was so worried about that, that I didn't even think of the idea of just like making this a fan moment. And they so did. And I stood up out of my chair. I'm going to tell you what, when it happened again to Miss Marvel two months later, stood up out of my chair. I don't think I'm ever going to not love that. It's We, we so missed good. it in Miss Marvel watching it 
because when he said mutation, I guess, sorry, oh, spoilers yeah. for Ms. Marvel, uh, but <laughs> no, it's a good, uh, when he said mutation, my fiance and I were both just like, wait, what? Like, yeah. And so we talked over it and then we were watching, uh, I think like a new rock stars video later that day, breaking it down. And they mentioned it and we were like, wait, and so we go back to Disney Plus. We 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 rewind it and played it again, and we we're like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah." They played it. Yeah, um, they did and, the thing. <laughs> yeah, it makes it makes watching the it makes it like a combination of obviously you're following these characters in a story, but also it's like a scavenger hunt at the same time as a fan. Uh, and the I don't know for me it just makes the experience so much more fun too. And I think the the Miss Marvel thing specifically, if we can just dive full spoilers on oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I know we're here to talk about, like, comic books, like, <laughs> like paper comic books, but, like, I think the comic book side of the Miss Marvel reveal is such an interesting thing because there are so many people who are comic book first fans, and that's great. And, you know, like, I badge of honor seems presumptuous but like those people have really earned how great the movies have become you know being comic book readers their whole lives maybe like you have or you know i however people get to comic books but when the miss marvel mutant thing happens i think for so many people because that's so different than the comics it's tougher to enjoy because like yeah it feels wrong you know but like so many different universes do so many different things i think about the ultimate spider-man comics all the time mm-hmm. you know norman osborne one of everybody's favorite people in the in the marvel universe the way he talks the way he does business all the stuff he gets to in the uh you know mid to late 2000s what bendis does with norman um yeah. in those avengers runs um and then you know he's a goblin in the ultimate universe like quite, <laughs> yeah he's not a guy in a costume yeah, 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 like in the first five books, he is a monster, and that is such a divulge. But we understand that's a different universe. Yep. You know, they're doing it differently. The Kamala Khan in the MCU being the first mutant revealed, I think, is just such a poignant moment. Um, and I've used that word twice, but it's such <laughs> a big moment for the MCU's taking their own take on Kamala Khan. I've been talking for years, man. What is the first X Men project gonna look like? What do I want? out of the first X-Men project. I want kids being kids. I want kids not understanding their powers. And I want just awesome chemistry between the characters involved. Looking back, that's exactly what we got in Miss Marvel. Knowing yeah. she's the first mutant project after the fact, I think just it brought that up so much for me. And it's just such an awesome thing moving forward that the MCU is going to take these swings. And this makes me very confident they're going to handle the mutant thing very delicately because they know how delicate it is making such a big change yeah the it 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 was like we were never going to have like uh marvel girl cyclops Iceman, angel beast and professor xavier as our first team that was just never going to happen first of all they're all white (laughs) yeah they are all white which is uh, but also there's just no offense to angel and Iceman, but they're just not as popular of characters as characters like Wolverine, Storm, uh, Colossus, Kitty Pride, and so uh, Rogue. There is just no way that that was ever going to uh, happen the same way in the comics, and that's fine because you can go read the comics, right? Right. The, I think there's this idea that 
some some fans have that it needs to be this direct adaptation but feige said for like the longest time like this is not an adaptation it's just our universe in the marvel universe right uh, and i think i'm sorry if i can interrupt no go ahead think, yeah. you know you have a podcast i have a podcast where we're on twitter talking to people about this and a big part of the specifically the mcu community is like talking about why something's great or why something isn't so great because you know yeah. putting the puzzle together as a community is what it's like it's like wordle but you know much bigger um yeah but when 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 people look at the mcu and the kamala khan turn there and then they start referencing things from the comics as to why that doesn't make sense this doesn't make sense because in the comics this is what happened therefore what happened on the tv show doesn't line up with what it's supposed to be that is such a trap for me um you know and that's (laughs) that's that's some of the reason why like you know i'm tentative to read um certain stories before the movie comes out just because i i don't want to have that innate feeling of oh that's wrong i this is wrong yeah I like how many people are MCU first fans and have been since 08 and have never picked up a comic book for them. Kamala Khan has always been a mutant. They've never known a non-mutant Kamala Khan. And I think that's such an awesome thing for the opposite side to just get that innate feeling of it's wrong is just, it's unfortunate for sure, but also it's part of the fandom, right? You get to, Oh yeah. You get to to really feel how big that is because otherwise that's a cool reveal but for people who know, that's like a moment. That is a moment. moment. Yep. Well, and it's interesting because you get all these different sides too of like Inhumans fans feeling like someone's being taken from them. Sure. Mutants fans who are like, this is not one of our characters. <laughs> we don't want yeah. her. But then you also have mutant fans who are like, oh, we've got mutants in the MCU. They're getting super excited. That's kind of where I fell in with it. Um, and then you have fans who are just like i just like kamala as a character i don't really care what happens with her i just want to see her on screen Uh, and those fans are just happy right um the and so it's interesting you just get all these different areas and i think at the end of the day where people fall in there is really all about what comics have they read have they not read if they've read any what their where did they meet kamala in her journey i think is is what's going to affect that um so and for I think me, you gotta be good too. Yeah, you have to you have to do it well because if it feels yeah. cheap, it's gonna extreme the extremes. You know, mm-hmm. like people yeah. who are pissed are gonna be very pissed. But I have friends who are diehard comic fans and know her as an Inhuman, and you know, were definitely thrown off by the switch. But they appreciated how big of a moment that was in the show, in the universe, yep. and just how well it was executed. I think appreciating that can negate some, you know, friction the other way. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for that moment is her reaction, right? It's awesome. She says just another label and and just moves on because for her it doesn't really matter, right? She's all about just being herself, being a nerd, be being who she is. I think that that moment, that part of the moment, sells it for me as what like an a fan of thing to say. Oh, yeah. yeah. What an unbelievably <laughs> X-Men thing to say. Yeah, it's just another yes. label. I'm just going to be me. Yep. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. The I, I actually have a an X-Men tattoo. You can, can kind of see it there. Um, what am this I looking is, at? It's Krakoan, and it says mutant and proud. And Hell so yeah. for her, yeah, <laughs> for, for her to have that reaction, I was just like, 
Yeah. Yes. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. As a straight white guy, I do feel a little stolen valor when I get excited about mutants being mutants. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I will say that. But um, yeah, dude, it, it it was just that's a part of it. It was so well done because looking back retroactively, man, Miss Marvel would be a pretty great mutant, right? She'd be an awesome X Men. Like she yeah. is, she is so much like Kitty Pride and so much like all these mm-hmm. other X Men that we love that I think she fits in so well and there's all those stories that she was always supposed to be an x-men yeah the, the, movie her creators so. yeah her creators coming out and saying they wanted her to be a mutant uh is pretty interesting it's so, just sports. so <laughs> circling back to reading comics because <laughs> we got a little <laughs> off track here are you a trade paperback person or a single issue person um, I'm definitely so Marvel Unlimited is how I go, and I think a big part of that is because I like to read so much. Like yes. I like to read every every issue leading up to an event or every issue leading up to a big story, just to capture the whole frame of it. Um, so Marvel Unlimited is my go-to for the in-between stuff, tie-in comics, prelude comics. I basically go Marvel Unlimited. Um, for paperbacks though i do try my best to uh get collections like this is all of mornigan you know i'm a big omnibus guy um if i can find them if they're available um it's just easier uh you know i like carrying one thing you know having the whole story right there in my hands um but you know that i've never been a collector i've never been somebody who's like excited to you know I, i don't have a ton of toys i don't have a ton of um you know comic like issues um i do have like five spider-men that i bought underneath a bridge in brooklyn my first time <laughs> to new york and that's like my favorite story ever <laughs> but um yeah I'm, I'm definitely for the big events for the big runs for you know the the classics so to speak i try to get the paperback collection and otherwise i'm on marvel unlimited yeah i i started reading comics um through trade paperbacks in the public library in my town yeah. where I grew up. And so that was kind of my in there because my parents were like, comics are expensive. They're, mm-hmm. you're, we don't have the money for you to buy issues every week, but the public library is free. So when I got to college, I was like, I can go to a comic book store. I have my own money now. Oh, money <laughs> is so insane. <laughs> I, yeah. And so I start, I found one near near UCF, near my college here in Orlando, and would start to go. And then I realized just how expensive of a hobby mm-hmm. comics are. Absolutely. And so I started with, I'd go to the dollar bins in the back and mm-hmm. get like five or six issues in a row and then just take those and start reading it. So I was like a year behind of what was coming out at the time. Sure. And then that's when I right. discovered Marvel Unlimited, that solved my whole problem, right? Absolutely. You're paying, it's like, what, eight or nine bucks a month? And yeah. then you can literally read whatever. There's obviously Anything some stuff from like the 60s through the 90s that aren't always on there. They're missing issues sometimes, but they upload more all the time. Mm-hmm. But if you want to read current comics, anything from pretty much uh, like Civil War on, they have everything there. Uh, and it's perfect for people like us who just want to gobble up continuity. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it's so fun to, you know, like I said, bring on a camping trip, bring on a plane, uh, you know, sit by the pool, whatever. It's, it's great to have the iPad there. And, yep. but again, if you have more of a collector's mentality, I think the paperbacks, you know, th- there are those people who be like, I got to feel the paper in my hands. And I'm like, yeah, but like you said, it's very expensive <laughs> to do that. What- 
what I have, what has ended up happening to me is I read pretty much everything through Marvel Unlimited. Uh, and then I'll be on Twitter and see someone post a variant cover that I really want. Sure. And then I'll go to my comic book store and pick up that, that issue because I am a collecting person. I like having that stuff. Yeah. So like I've got Wanda's Hellfire Gala look uh, that from that recently came out. I was like, I got to get that one because she's one of my favorite characters. That's amazing. Um, I just read the first Hellfire run. Um, I'm reading all the Claremonts right now, the old X-Men stuff. Oh, I just, yeah. I just finished Dark Phoenix. So I just met the Hellfire Club for the first time. Very cool. So uh, you already mentioned Vision and um, the well, uh, you said Hawk, Matt Fraction's run Matt on Fraction's Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Um, mm-hmm. Are there any other kind of runs or storylines that you would recommend for a new comic book fan to pick up? I think those are those two are great because um, they both yeah. use the the medium of comics really well too as right. an art form. Uh, what are some other ones that you want to recommend? So um, I think that you know my the my biggest like project i guess you can call it that i took on was two or three years ago i was like i'm gonna start reading you know the new avengers in the early 2000s the bendez you know when the team yeah. switches i'm gonna read that through all the big storylines i know are coming up house of m civil war stuff like that so if i were if, if you are a comic book fan who wants to really dive into something if you really want to dive into a very elaborate and long story i would go to comicbookherald.com great amazing reading guides great resource yeah yeah i use it all the time yeah absolute best one of my most frequented websites for sure i would go there look up you know um avengers disassembled i think is where you need to start yeah read that run and then follow the guides through civil war house of m and things like that the the mid to late 2000s bendes stuff is just so mcu like you can tell how much yes. the mcu pulled from the just narrative of all of that stuff mm-hmm. and um read i can through see Civil War. feige sitting on set for those early x-men movies that he worked on reading right. that stuff in his lap like i can just picture that happening yes. yeah yeah absolutely and i um i would suggest you know if again if you're looking to dive into a project Read through Civil War because I don't think it's better than the movie. I think the movie's better than the book. But um, what you get from the book is so similar to the movie. And there's so many different characters involved. And it's a yeah. great example of how big the Marvel Universe really is. And how, more so, how small the MCU roster was in 2016. Yeah, you've you know? got like maybe 20 characters in that movie. Really. And they're all great. Yeah. And, and it's yep. varying varying levels of characters, all that great stuff. But Punisher, Luke Cage, their importance to the Civil War story um, in the comics, I think is just such an eye-opening thing. It made me want to read more comics. It made me want to expand yeah. my horizons. Um, so I would say that if you're looking for a big project, if you're looking for something smaller or smaller run you want to roll through, um, it is the Fantastic Four uh 222 to 226 i believe um it's it's this thing where reed richards discovers the universe it's my favorite comic book run go check it out wow i have not read that one so i will add that to my list i will send that to you because i may have gotten the numbers wrong but (laughs) but i'm gonna send it to you and you can correct people if i was wrong awesome um so I think uh, for time's sake, that's where we're going to kind of wrap up the conversation. You recommended some great comics. Uh, two that I want to throw in here for the DC people in here. 
um batman the long halloween amazing <laughs> batman that. story uh and Very then good. scott snyder's new 52 batman uh mm. is another good batman run as well with the court of owls um Love that. yeah uh where can people find you online matt <laughs> yeah if you want to if you want to listen to uh too many tweets trying to compare marvel movies <laughs> to sports things um follow me at matt rimke r-o-e-m b as in boy k-e um i'm writing on the direct.com as much as i can and uh head over to the direct podcast if you want more news and um updates and reviews stuff like that everything you need to know about the universes you love um direct podcast wherever podcasts are found thank you so much for having me on today oh yeah thank you for coming on yeah the uh it's weird now. Now I'll have now I'll know what your face looks like when I'm listening, right? Because <laughs> you were just a I, voice. Sorry, disappoint. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yes, thank you for so much for coming on. Um, the I definitely think uh, maybe we'll, we'll have to do this again because this was a lot of fun. I'm here. Yep. Yeah. Let me know when you need me. Alrighty, it is time for the segment that I lovingly call, But Is She Gay? In this segment of Pop Culture Faye, I discuss how our weekly topic speaks to the queer condition. This week, obviously, we're talking about comic books as a medium, as a whole. And uh, yes, (laughs) comics definitely speak to the queer condition. I mean... The easiest answer for this is go read some X-Men. The X-Men comics, uh, the X-Men in general, have always kind of stood in for um, minorities as kind of a metaphor uh, where mutants are persecuted for being different. And especially getting into the 90s and early 2000s X-Men comics, the uh, that metaphor really kind of extended to the LGBTQ plus community. Also, if you're looking for more overt uh, queerness with comics, there is a lot of queer representation in comics. You've, of course, got some great indie comics with LGBTQ plus representation. Um, In the big two, it is still, uh, there's still work to be done. But in Marvel in particular, uh, because I read more Marvel, um, not because I have any particular bias, that's just what I read more of. Um, But in Marvel, you do have characters like the Young Avengers and the X-Men who are increasingly more and more queer. Um, We had a recent great on-panel kiss between Betsy Braddock and Rachel Summers, who... Um, specifically Rachel Summers people for a long time have kind of read some read into the subtext of her being queer so it's great to see that shown on the screen Um, you've got great characters like Miss America Wicked and Hulkling Novar Hercules um, and of course you have North Star and his husband Kyle um, North Star, in fact, was the first out superhero in comics in 1992, uh, and he married uh, his husband in the comics in the uh, early 2000s. 
So he's a pretty important character. Um, you, of course, have Mystique and Destiny, uh, who recently kind of on panel confirmed that they were wives uh, together in the X-Men comics. So, yes. But is she gay? Yes. Comics, very gay. Getting gayer all the time, especially as we get more and more queer writers um, participating in comic book writing for the two major companies. Shout out to uh, Vita Ayala. They're one of my favorite writers at Marvel right now. Um, they really incorporate queer themes into their writing, even if they're not writing uh, queer characters. So yeah, that concludes that segment for this week. Now we'll move into the weekly recommendations. Okay, it is time for weekly recommendations. So for my um, comic recommendations, I have recommended so many different comics already in this episode, so I will let those stand as my comic recommendations for this week. For my TV recommendation, in light of all the recent Marvel news, I'm going to go ahead and recommend that people watch the original Netflix Daredevil series. Uh, all three seasons are great. You can find those on Disney+. Plus. And for my film recommendation for this week, it would be that if you have not seen Nope in theaters, it is a great sci-fi horror movie. Definitely go check it out. Alrighty, that concludes our episode for this week. Thank you for joining me today in talking about how to get into one of my favorite forms of art, comic books. If you are listening and enjoying the podcast, please give it a review on your podcasting platform. If you leave a question in a five-star review, I will answer it next week on the podcast. Also, if you have a friend who would like the podcast, make sure to share it with them to help grow our little community here. I want to give a shout out to all of the new listeners that came to the podcast and found the podcast um, in the last week. The numbers are slowly ticking up a little bit. Also, shout out to, I was looking at the demographics for listeners, and we've got a decent amount of listeners who have identify as non-binary, so shout out to my non-binary peeps out there. Once again, I am Miller C. Lashbrook. You can find me on Twitter at Mill C. Lashbrook, on Instagram at Miller C. Lashbrook. And for more Pop Culture Fay, you can head to our website, popculturefay.com, for blog posts and more content. I hope you all have a fantastic day, and I hope to find you the next time you wander into the forest of Pop Culture Fay. <laughs>